welcome into the Western Herald podcast. I am Jarrett Orlando, and unfortunately, Brendan Bufa had prior obligations with school this week. Uh, that time in the semester where teachers seem to just pile everything on you. So I scrambled last minute and found a partner in crime for today's show. So Jacob Marshall, welcome in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Jake's the uh, sports reporter at Western Herald. covers mostly basketball. So as you can guess, today we're going to be talking basketball and the NCAA tournament. So let's get it going. What do you think of the tournament so far, Jacob? Well, it's been madness as usual. A lot of upsets, and I'm surprised to see the ACC doing as well as they've done so far. Yeah, we'll we'll hit on that later. I don't think they're they're, uh, worthy of all the credit they're getting. But upsets, a lot of upsets. Yeah. What's your, your biggest upset so far? You know, looking at the entire field, I would say that West Virginia. When you look at how West Virginia plays with the turnovers, uh, their defense, full-court pressing, you don't expect a mid-major conference to come in and be able to stop them. Yeah, I was kind of surprised about that. Then I looked into Stephen F. Austin, and they're really an experienced team. Really talented, too. They haven't lost in a long time, either. Yeah, I saw where they had uh, four consecutive uh, chances to go to the tournament here. The Little Rock game, Arkansas-Little Rock over Purdue, that kind of caught me off guard because I thought the bigs for Purdue would prevail in that game with Swanigan. And who are the other two? Uh, Hammond and Haas. Yeah, and huge. When I look at Haas, he's been somewhat inconsistent, and Hammond sort of came into his own this year, but he's always been a player. If you look at his college career, he's either in the game or he's not, and it seems like he doesn't care quite as much as you would expect. And uh, what about that big upset? Michigan State falling to Middle Tennessee State. Is that really an upset to you? Obviously it's an upset still, but when you look at it, Middle Tennessee could not have played a better basketball game. Yeah, I really wasn't. I was upset, like angry that they lost. But I really, when I like, went back and looked at it, I wasn't. Middle Tennessee played the game of their life. When you're shooting 66% from three-point range for yeah. an entire game, there's and, really nothing you can do. And State didn't play bad. No. He scored toward, 81 points. You think you score 81 points in a game, you're going to to win. Oh, for sure. But when you look at uh, some of the turnovers they had late and the chances they had, they sort of they gave it up themselves at the end. And then Middle Tennessee goes on and plays Syracuse in the next round, loses 75-50, to 50 and shot 29% from the field after shooting 55% against MSU. So I was, that upset me because I think Michigan State could have beat Syracuse easily. Probably. Maybe Izzo should have done some of uh, Jim Beheim's zone defense to stop Middle Tennessee, though. What's more embarrassing, MSU? Middle Tennessee State game or go to football, Alabama? What do you think is more embarrassing in that program in the recent year? I would say more embarrassing would probably be the football game, only because when you look at it, it's more money. It was a chance for the Big Ten to kind of show out and to kind of talk themselves up the way they did and act like you know Alabama thinks they're all that, and then it just gets squashed. Yeah, I agree. They were representing the Big Ten on national TV in the college football playoff, and they lose 38 to nothing. Or you lose in the basketball when Middle Tennessee plays out of their mind. I mean... I think the Alabama game was more embarrassing. Bigger upset, though, was Middle Tennessee, obviously. But but this is what March is about. Yeah, people are talking. It. like it's This is the hype that people expect when it's March. The end of the world that Michigan State lost. And, I mean, they would have probably beat Kansas or North Carolina if, they, if Middle Tennessee played like that. Oh, any team that plays like that, I would say, is going to go on to the next round. So, talking about power conference team, they said there's a lot of parity in basketball. Jay Bills came out last week or this week and said there isn't. It's still these power teams are the teams to beat. Do you think there's more parity in basketball, or is it still these these powerhouses going to be 
for years to come. See, I'm looking at it, and when you think about the fact that a mid-major conference can pull together a solid group of seniors and juniors who have played a lot of basketball, they're experienced, they're able to get a lot more film on these major conference teams too. How many games do you think uh, Cal is able to get of Hawaii throughout their entire team? The Teams can grow and their team chemistry can change so much that you can't just look at three or four games or their three or four most recent games because there are chances for players to explode. Uh, when you look at the game for you and I, some kid comes out of nowhere and scores 22 points above his season average. That's just crazy. But you and I, though, I, I think they should have went farther. That was miraculous what Texas A&M did in the final 35 seconds. But they were an experienced team starting lineup. I went and looked at the teams that pulled so-called upsets. Every single team had seven or more seniors or juniors on their team. And that's what I think it's taking in a lot of these one-and-done years. This obviously isn't the one-and-done year because a team like Ben Simmons, who's the next LeBron James, can't even make it to the tournament. But it also shows, look how da- like how down this draft class is. So there's not that talent that's in these programs that are one-and-done either. So there's even more different, you know what I'm saying, there's a difference in, in talent. Yeah, when you look at the draft, they're looking at age a lot more too. So when you see that, when you think the talent's down, they see it that way because they're getting someone who's now 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get a Denzel Valentine, a Buddy Heald, they're still going to be capable players at the next level. Look at Wichita State. They're led by senior guards Fred Van Vliet and Ron Baker. Like I said, Northern Iowa, four of their five starters were all seniors or juniors. And then Arkansas Little Rock, there was 14 seniors or juniors on that team. That's just crazy, though. Yeah, so like you have these 22- and 23-year-old men playing against 18-year-old teenagers coming out of high school. There's a huge difference in body size, and basketball is one of those games, too, where athleticism only takes you so far. I think the mental edge is where you win in March. Experienced teams and teamwork and camaraderie. If you look at the teams that are still in the tournament, too, even these are teams that are led by depth and experience. Yes. Kansas, 10 seniors or juniors. Perry Ellis, Wayne Selden, Frank Mason, Jamari Trailer, those are all really good players and they're experienced. Oklahoma, all their starters, except for one, are seniors. And then UNC, who's pulling in these five-star recruits typically, they have depth and experience. Bryce Johnson, Kenny Meeks, and Marcus Page. That's what really has stood out to me in this tournament, because I'm used to all these star players, one and dones, but we haven't really had those. So you see the age difference and the talent really come forward. I would say that, honestly, one of the youngest teams is probably Syracuse. Yeah, and I don't think they really are deserving to be there. They kind of snuck in there. They did kind of sneak in, and I think there's probably a few people that will still argue that Syracuse had no right to be one of the last teams in, but they're there, and they've proved themselves, so yeah, that's all you can S- say. Syracuse and Duke are the, the teams with the least amount of, of age. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Duke has four players that are juniors or seniors. And surprisingly, it's Plumlee who's helping lead yeah. the way. Moving on, ACC dominant. A record six teams in the Sweet 16. Best conference in basketball, is that a legit argument? I think that when you look at it, any conference could be the best conference if it's a one-and-done kind of situation. Obviously, they've proved themselves this year. I think that you could have had the Big 12 in this same situation. You could have had the Pac-12, which surprisingly only had, what, one team go on? Two teams? Mm -hmm. Just a ridiculously low number. And... uh, yeah, I would just say ACC has the right to say they're the best conference until maybe we see a Big Ten or a Big Twelve showdown of Kansas and Oklahoma. I don't think no- Syracuse should be there. I don't think Notre Dame shouldn't be there. They should have lost. Duke, I think, had an easy draw. Miami's had an easy draw. The only two teams really stand out are Virginia and UNC. As I would agree with you there. To look at like what 
look at other factors. Just don't say, oh, there's these last teams that are in here from the ACC, so they have the most, most there. They're, they're the best conference. Like, I don't think that's fair. And they could have a possibility to have all those teams in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Not playing. And then the Big Ten has two teams left, and they, I mean, three teams left. Two of them are playing against each other. Like you said, it's March Madness. It's crazy. It's fluke. I think it's fluky. Well, when you think about the fact they could have had Louisville in here, could have, too. Yeah. So I just think that adds to the depth that we aren't necessarily considering to the ACC. All right, so moving forward, rest of your bracket. Well, my personal bracket is busted. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I had Michigan State going all the way. Disappointed me. I tried to pull a lot of upsets, but I picked the wrong upsets. Yeah, it's usually how it goes. And that's, that's what hurt me. So we're, let's talk about the, the Sweet 16 and on. Okay. First game, Kansas and Maryland. Who do you have? I have Kansas, and I would not be surprised if Maryland wins. You, you wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. Maryland's got three or four players who are all capable three-point shooters. They have two big men down low in Stone and Diop. So I would say that, you know, they can bang with them. If they're hitting threes, they have great ball movement at times. It's a matter of if they're all there that day. Yeah, I think they're too streaky. And the, I think the, the age of Kansas is going to pull through there. But I have Kansas winning also. So moving down, Miami versus Villanova. Who do you have there? I hadn't watched too much of Villanova, but I have Villanova there. Their guard play was crazy impressive versus they looked really Iowa. Good. Like I did not expect Iowa to just get destroyed on every level. They run a lot, and I this is Miami. I don't think they're that good. I think they snuck in there. They're, My, they're a streaky team. Miami's another streaky team, and I don't I don't think that works in the tournament. I mean, they benefited from playing Buffalo first round, then Wichita State. Yeah, who's no joke. Wichita State's no joke, but. It's not really a... It's not a surprise no. to see that Miami beats them. So we both have Villanova moving on, right? Yeah. Moving down, Oregon versus Duke. Who do you have? Going with the Blue Devils. Yeah. Why? I, there's something about Oregon that just has a bad taste in my mouth, and when I look at a player like Brandon Ingram, who's just taken over and moved forward a whole nother step, I think he's hungry, and I think he's ready to prove something. I hate Duke. I dislike them so much. And I also have that same feeling about Oregon, the nervousness, but I'm going to Oregon. I, when I watch them, they look good. And I realize I really haven't watched much West Coast teams. So Oregon, they've been dominating people recently. They destroyed Utah in that conference championship game. When you look at a team like St. Joe's who has that stretch four, Duke is capable of putting someone like Ingram in that stretch four spot, and that's what caused them a lot of issues. If you be physical with Ingram, I think you throw him off his game easily. And if you're in Plumlee's your go-to guy down low, no. No, thank you. All right, moving on. Texas A&M versus Oklahoma. This is the age thing again. I think Oklahoma's going to come through. Yeah, I got Oklahoma. Buddy A&M Heald, shouldn't even be there. Buddy Heald just seems impossible to stop at this point. All right, staying with that side of the bracket. So you have Kansas up top versus yeah. Villanova. Down low we have Iowa, Oregon versus Oklahoma, and you have Duke versus Oklahoma. Coach K. So Kansas versus Villanova, who do you have winning? I got Kansas. Again, I also have Kansas. Just too experienced. This is this, a team that went overseas this past summer and dominated in the Euro Leagues. You and I were talking about this. We, were, we went to spring break a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about Kansas. And how I said, it seems like they always disappoint in the tournament the last two or three years. Well, these guys that were talented that kept losing, they're juniors and seniors now. So they have that talent and the experience. So I think this is all coming to fruition right now, and this is the year for Kansas. I think Bill Self's also done with having these one-and-dones come in here and sort of try to impose their will. So when you look at it, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, but he came in and he was a top-three recruit for Kansas. He's riding the bench now. All right, down there, 
you have Duke? I have Oklahoma beating Duke. Okay, yeah, I have Oklahoma beating Oregon, so regardless, there's too much experience there on Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And who you put in the championship, Kansas or Oklahoma? I got Kansas. Oklahoma's lost two straight to uh, Kansas, so I think that Kansas just has their number, and Buddy Heald can't play any better than he's been playing this tournament to win it for you. Yep, Kansas in the championship. We both have that. So let's go to the other side of the bracket. UNC versus Indiana. I like UNC. I think they got a good shot. They're more experienced. They have more depth down low. Uh, Brian's just not going to be able to do it all down there. So you have Indiana? Oh, I have No, I have UNC. Oh, okay. I also have UNC. I just think they're a better team. I've seen Indiana play this year. I wasn't impressed to put them in, no, in the Elite Eight, no. Moving down, Notre Dame versus Wisconsin. I put Notre Dame. I also did. And they're benefiting from um, playing Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin's that good either. No. Wisconsin's a team that I'm surprised they got a seven seed, to be honest. I figured they'd get the ten. Don't think it matters too much either way. They probably would have won. It's just Wisconsin's just been one of those teams that somehow they find a way at the end. All right, Virginia versus Iowa State. Iowa State. Oh, you do? Yes. I see. I'm going Virginia. I think when you look at the tempo that these teams play, Virginia plays a much more half-court-oriented offense. Iowa State, guns ablaze, and they're going to come at you. And when you're having to speed up to Iowa State's level of play, I don't know how your defense is going to hold. I think Malcolm Brogdon's going to take over. I don't think they can guard him. Virginia, I'm going Virginia. All right. Gonzaga versus Syracuse. Going orange. Oh, no. Going Gonzaga. I don't, I, I don't think Syracuse is that good. I really don't. I don't think that I think Syracuse Gon- is that great either, but I feel like Gonzaga just doesn't have enough consistent three-point shooting to win a game versus Syracuse. That's what it comes down to. You have to be able to consistently shoot the three. So you have Syracuse? Yes. So we have a completely different bottom part of that bracket, but top one, UNC versus Notre Dame. Go to the final four you have. UNC. I also do. Just a better team. Yeah. Um, going down there, you have... Iowa State versus Syracuse. Who are you picking? Cyclones. I have Virginia versus Gonzaga. I have Virginia. So UNC versus the Cyclones? Yeah. To go to the champ- national championship, who do you have? I picked UNC. It's not all the ones this year. I have Virginia and UNC, and I have Virginia moving on. So who do you have in the national championship? It's Kansas versus UNC, and I went Kansas. And I have Kansas versus Virginia, and I went Kansas. They've just they've stood out to me, and this is what makes me so much ang- like angry. Also, is Michigan State beat them at the beginning of the year. I know it was the beginning of the year, but they still were on their level. Yeah, I'm gonna be salty about that until next season when State wins national championship. Calling it already. Yeah, I've, I called it on vacation too. Next year's the year. This time you went public with it. Yeah, that class is too good. It is a great class. It's too good, Nick. And if they get Josh Jackson, oh my goodness, watch out. If Deontay Davis stays. Yeah. It's a lot of what ifs, but if they fall, oh my goodness. It's going to be great. All right, that wraps it up for this week. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, Jacob. No problem. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Jake Marshall, WMU. Follow me on Twitter, Jarrett underscore Orlando. And also give a shout out to Gwen, helping us out each week. Follow her on Twitter, Gwen, G W E N underscore DeYoung, D E Y O U N G. Hopefully, Brennan will be back next week. We were supposed to talk about Martavis Bryant and that whole situation with the drug testing this week, but like I said, he had prior obligations, so he couldn't be here. Could always do more March Madness talk, cough, cough. Yeah, could. We might bring you in again, see how the the public reacts to you being on here. I don't know how to end this podcast now with without the goal Lions. Well, as a Denver Broncos fan, I suppose I could say, 
Go Broncos! Deuces. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. Spread my wings.